Let Tend Dental make your dream smile a reality. We offer a variety of top-rated treatments, including Invisalign aligners. And for a limited time, Tend is offering $750 off orthodontic treatments. Offer valid through January 31st, so don't wait. Visit hellotend.com slash sale. That's hellotend.com slash sale. And book your free consult today. Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives we're consumed by all the what if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun if you're like us then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass or play call each week on alternate routes we'll take a flashpoint in sports break down what actually happened then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused follow alternate routes on the wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts you can listen early and ad free right now by joining wondery plus here we go. Jake and Josh are here to analyze the game they love for the team they love. This is another Dolphins Podcast. Here's your host, Jake Mendel and Josh Houts. Joshua Houts, welcome back. We are here to talk the Miami Dolphins offense. The Dolphins offense was held scoreless in the fourth quarter, finished with 20 points in a win over the Raiders. lot to be desired about this Miami Dolphins offense, Josh, but at the end of the day, a dub is a dub. Yeah, I think that's twice now you said it, and you're right. I mean, that's all that matters is that the Dolphins ended up winning this game. But overall, I mean, the offense has kind of hit in a, hit in a bump in the road, right, these last few weeks. I mean, I don't know what it is. Maybe it's because you're playing with these backup guards. You know, your your offensive line is, in you know, playing musical chairs every other week. But you need to see more out of this offense, especially in games when you want to seal the deal. And for me, it has to be that short yardage situation. There's nothing more frustrating than watching the Dolphins try to convert a third or fourth down when – um, you know, they're in shotgun, right? I mean, they were in shotgun yesterday. And I understand that you have the playmakers, but give the ball to England right up the middle for God, for God's sake. That's all I want. Just give him a fullback dive in the middle. But um, yeah, the offense has hit a point, uh, you know, a, a bump in the road outside of uh, Tyree Kill, who's just playing out of his mind. Paying him the big bucks, right? Like there's the Tyree Kill button. You need a touchdown here. But uh, the Dolphins were in a tough spot. Lester Cotton was starting at right guard. He had Liam Eikenberg starting at left. Guard. No, flip those. I think it was Lester Cotton at left guard, Liam Eikenberg's starting at right guard. Uh, so you are put in that uncomfortable position where those inside runs might not look as clean. Um, and I think kind of a big deal. Please correct me if I'm overreacting here. Not having Durham Smythe seems like a massive, massive deal because they used him a lot as a fullback, I think, just kind of in motion over the middle to um, run the football behind him. But, Josh, I I like what you brought up about Alec Ingold because I think the big appeal about this Miami Dolphins, the Mike McDaniel, the Kyle Shanahan offense, was they're one of the only offenses to use a fullback. And what made their use of the fullback unique was not only are they solid receivers catching the ball out of the backfield, but – they're still fullbacks, right? You can still just line them up and run up the gut with them. I don't think we've seen that from Alec Ingold and in in just a ground and pound Dolphins offense in so long that I'm curious to think that maybe Mike McDaniel's gone too far and Mike McDaniel, or excuse me, Alec Ingold isn't even seen as like a ground and pound threat anymore because he's just out there to kind of 
make people forget about, you know, passing the football, even though that's all they do with it. So I don't know if it's just maybe like when you're playing Madden and use the same play too much and they finally pick up on it or what. Uh, But I'm a little curious to see why they aren't using Alec Ingold actually as a fullback. Yeah, well, you're right. That Durham Smythe news hit pretty hard, right? I mean, it's kind of surprising that he was out of this game. And then um, you mentioned Julian Julian Hill had most of the uh, snaps in his absence. He had a fumble, so it would have been a difference maker, right? If Durham Smythe was out there, we would have uh, liked to have him out there. But for me, I guess I just want to see him continue to commit to the run game. That's the biggest thing. I mean, it seems like late in games, they try to get away from it. Obviously, in this one, it was a little bit different, right? Salvin Ahmed, I think, got banged up late. Unfortunately, H-Aid, I mean, Anchain, the guy we were so stoked for, man, everybody you know, hyping him up, posting the highlights. He's back. He's back. Three plays I think he played yesterday got hurt. Um, So you hope he can come back. But back to the point with Alec Ingold, man, I think there was a time last year where they might have, you know, had to uh, go over to the the tackles and act like he was being confused and run it up to get with Alec Ingold. But why don't you just line up an eye formation or something, man, just let him have a chance to lower his head and bully right behind Connor Williams. That I mean, that I, we play Madden, right? So we're kind of uh, – um, I don't know the word, but we're sitting here kind of taking this down to a basic term. Dude, just try, try it, right? What's the worst that could happen, man? It's third and one. Yeah, it's third and one. Just um, don't play in shotgun. But like you mentioned, it might be just Mike McDaniel overthinking things. Okay, they're coming out. The box is stacked. They know we're going to run the football. Let's go out there and pass, catch them off guard, and, and get a big play. So um, I, I don't know, man. I want to see more out of this run game because it seems like it's taken a step back over those first few weeks. And then that all kind of trickles down into the rest of the offense. But you're right, man. The banged up offensive line is going to do that and you know you really didn't have Braxton Berrios either that third target Robbie Chosen got some catches though oh dude your face is just already just so bright you already get to talk about Robbie I had Chosen. to bring that up yeah that was it dude, that was he the pulled the greatest you had us in the first half not gonna lie it took two days for him to be back on the practice squad he was called up for the game and I think that actually played a big role in what the Dolphins were and actually were not unable to do you had Jalen Waddle get targeted eight times. Tyree Kill targeted 11. But I mean, Cedric Wilson Jr. targeted four times. You get that. But Alec Ingold, four targets. Salvan Ahmed, three targets. That doesn't seem like the Miami Dolphins offense that's going to score 70 points. It does seem like they are missing. You know, River Craycraft still getting back into the mix. I don't see him targeted once here. Um, you mentioned it, Braxton Berrios not playing. Durham Smythe, who unless it's Merrick's children playing Madden, he's not going to go absolutely ballistic, but he can still catch a couple balls. You uh, even get that first touchdown of the season. I do wonder if that was maybe the issue. You know, you see it to come right out for the second half, first play an interception. They were, it seemed like Tua was throwing for answers and he just couldn't find them. Yeah, that was, that was super frustrating, right? We came in, I think it was a one point game or something. It was a close game coming out of the half. And then um, we're sitting there and they throw that they throw that YOLO ball up and you're like, oh man, what are you doing? You so yeah, it was 14, 13 going in the half, but they sound like there might've been miscommunication there, but you don't want miscommunication in those situations, right? Those are the games that plays like that can cost you late in the season. So something's got to, something's got to get right. But I do think it's interesting. And I saw someone post on Twitter, but like, it seems like they're almost force feeding Tyree kill this year, right? Like they're trying to get that 2000 yards or something almost, or um, whatever, but you have Tyree Kill on your roster. You're going to feed, force feed him targets. I just wish we'd see Jalen Waddle get more involved than we have in recent weeks, and maybe we need that third option back. I mean, River Craycraft, um, don't he didn't have his touchdown right? He used to always get a touchdown every game. Braxton Barrios out. So if Robbie Chosen's catching two passes after they just cut you, put you on the practice squad, and had to call you back up, I mean, um, the offense is thin there. So hopefully that we can get healthy enough for Friday. But it does sound like Mike McDaniel said a lot of those guys that were questionable were out for this uh, past game against the Raiders might not be able to play on Friday. So we'll keep that in the back of our mind as the week goes on. 
when where do where would you draw the line of like okay we got to stop force feeding Tyree Kill because if he catches ten of eleven targets for one hundred and forty six yards and a touchdown, I don't know if I'm really going to say that that's the case. But you you see the inefficiencies elsewhere. Why does Jalen Wild get targeted eight times and, and only catch four of them for fifty five yards? I think that is a better question of. Maybe maybe if you want to word the take, why is Tyree Kill getting all the better routes? How, how about let's go with that one? Um, speaking to that, though, Josh, I think the Dolphins should take a break from bubble screens for a little bit because I think that was another situation we saw. With the short yardage situations, it does kind of speak to that, too, where, man, opposing defenses, and, like, I joke about it, and now I feel like I'm not – I'm, like, screaming at nobody here because the joke is that you, you pressure Tyree Kill, you play physical with him at the line, and all of a sudden he can't do anything. The Dolphins actually are playing that way. Like they don't know what to do when they're playing physical at the run line because they keep giving him these bubble screens. I can't say that completely because he had 10 receptions for 146 yards, but you kind of get what I'm saying where I feel like they, you see the defense is doing the cliche thing and the Dolphins at times are feeding into that exact cliche thing to kind of prove it right in like a strange roundabout way. Yeah, no, that makes sense. And I, I do agree with you. If Tyreek Hill's catching 10 balls for 146 yards, and I mean, that one he caught, he plucked that thing out of air, and I thought for sure he was going to get tackled. And he just, how, how fast, I mean, he's got, he's he's so damn fast. I, I can't wait to see next-gen stats. I bet that he's the fastest guy of the week and all season long or whatever it was. But that was just incredible speed for him to blow past them. Um, it, You mentioned them kind of feeling like they don't know what to do when these defenses are throwing, you know, throwing them off their game. I believe it was Barry Jackson tweeted out, and it was a quote from, Hill, we have been seeing a bunch of unusual things and they haven't been able to um, adapt to that. And if, you know, if they're playing too high safeties and you don't know how to adapt, I mean, those are the things you got to figure out at this point in the season, right? I mean, that was the stuff you should have kind of maybe learned during the bye week, you would have hoped. But we'll see the way defense continue to game plan. When they do take away uh, Tyreek Hill, then you just need um, anybody to step up, right? We need, I, I just want to see more from Jalen Waddle. I guess that's it. I just We talked about it week after week, and I think it has a lot to do with the game planning and the way the offense is going and getting the ball out quick. But um, Jalen Waddle is a top 10 receiver, and he's just not putting up those same numbers this year. But it's probably a lot to do with injury and things like that. Speaking to that just slightly, uh, in the second quarter, Tyreek Hill left the game with a hand injury. He came back and was awesome after having a wrap. But, I mean, this was an absolute blast to see the Tua and Waddle show just absolutely take off. Uh, Tua to Waddle, nine yards. Tua to Waddle, 12 yards, 15 yards. Robbie Chosen, nine yards. Uh, Alec Ingold get involved, and then it ended with the Salvan Ahmed uh, touchdown pass, which it was an absolute awesome, awesome play called by Mike McDaniel. So we did see Jalen Waddle get involved, and that was most of his receptions on in a single drive. So I do agree with you that this offense needs more Jalen Waddle, and I think if you can have that consistent third target on the field. Uh, but, man, queasy meters a little higher on someone like Braxton Barris, you would say? Yeah, I mean, I, I guess. I still feel like Braxton Barris had some – critical third down catches earlier in the year. I mean, like just if kind he's of... just injured, like about playing oh, on Friday. Yeah. I'm sorry. Oh, like yeah. Queasy meter. Yeah. Yeah. Queasy. Basically on, yeah. Jets revenge game. I, I don't know that he'll be out there, but that's based off what Mike McDaniel said on a Monday. So anything could happen, but I mean, we're talking about Waddle and Hill. I mean, it's just crazy that I'm looking at now. I think Tyreek Hill was what the uh, first player in 60 since 1966 to have over 1200 yards, uh, this part of the season, which is just absolutely absurd. So he's on pace for that 2K, I think. Um, but we'll see, man. I want, I do want to see more out of this offense. I thought you were going to ask me how my queasy meter on this offense. Like, it's not crazy, right? They kind of spoiled us with those 70 points. But 
um, we do see them kind of hitting, a, you know, a couple bumps in the road. You know, it's kind of like when you're going to the toll and you hit those, you know, you know when you're going to the toll window and you hit the and it like slows your car down. Like that's kind of what we're doing. We got to get through that toll and um, to the Super Bowl. We'll go with that. That's kind of cool, I guess. And like, and think about it, man. No, no team does it for 17 straight weeks. Like it, it is the balances and shifts in power it's very impressive that the Dolphins defense is able to kind of get them through these growing pains I do think that they're going to come out the other side of this like they started to last year before Tua uh, suffered that concussion against the Packers so that will be an interesting development uh, I'm not super concerned about the offense it was nice to see that you know Raheem Mostert was backed into crazy type of action because Devon Achan suffered the injury early to my surprise and to sound like a complete big dumb fool uh Jeff Wilson just healthy scratch from the game and then you had Savan Ahmed getting involved but overall man I, I think the rushing game is going to help out a little bit more as you start to get you know Robert Hunt back involved and even if you let Liam Eikenberg get comfortable at one of the guard positions or something like that I think you'll start to see that group look and, and feel a little more comfortable yeah I agree with you and again the Raiders had a pretty solid defense I mean again two through for the most yards they've had all season um and you got to give your hat uh, hat tip to Austin Jackson, right? Going against Max Crosby, he absolutely um, looks like a different man out there. I think that it's just crazy, you know, his blow up in this um, contract season. So I, I just want to see us come out that other side, Jake, because we feel like we can. We know where we're at right now as a Miami Dolphins team, but no one should have expected to go through this year dropping, what, 50, 60 points and not having the defense have to step up in critical situations. I mean, that's what they're getting paid for. That's the way the NFL works, right? One week it's going to be offense, one week it's going to be defense, and the entire NFL should be scared to death when it's the offense and defense complementing each other. And Joshua Houts, we could not take off without talking about some of the bad news, and that includes Devon Achan re-suffering a knee injury just plays into his return for the Miami Dolphins. Yeah, and I mean, it was gut-wrenching. I mean, we all play fantasy football, so that aside, I mean, it's just uh, the most heartbreaking thing to see that your star – I say star. It's only been a few games, right? But, I mean, 12-point-whatever yards per carry, top 10 in rushing after missing, you know, half the season. I mean, we all were so happy for him to come back, and it it definitely, uh, you know, took some wind out of your sail. But I guess my question is, Jake, I mean, he's what? Is he like six, – he's 6'9", six, I think, and he weighs – six, six, nine. Nice. <laughs> Gosh. if he was six nine we would not have these problems at all he's five nine <laughs> he weighs 188 pounds i mean is this something that maybe we should be concerned about him not being able to take uh the beating that comes in with the nfl game i mean he looks like an absolute stud out there he's breaking tackles he's making plays but he was banged up with the knee injury earlier in the year is this just that him re-aggravating that or is this something that we might have to keep an eye on as uh, as his career progresses it's a thousand percent a concern until it isn't until you can go out there and play three, four games. Then you start to feel better about it until then it's going to be all eyes. Like every single time he gets tackled and it could be something like, Hey, he's smaller. Hey, he does need to learn how to get tackled a little differently to kind of protect himself, especially being a running back. Uh, he did run for over a thousand yards in the sec. And those were uh, some pretty big guys there. Of course, the NFL is a totally a different animal. Uh, there is some concern. It's a little upsetting, but Josh, I think, Achan was campaigning to come back in the game, and it was Mike McDaniel's decision to hold him out, be safe with it. And um, I think McDaniel does trust someone like Raheem Mostert so much to get 90% of the carries where he can do that. And I guess the biggest question McDaniel's going to get asked maybe 40 times before Friday is Achan going to be healthy enough to play Friday? Yeah, Cam Wolf's going to be all over that. I think he might have uh, Devon Achan in, in fantasy. But I think, um don't remember who said it, but I believe there was a report that if uh, Raheem Mostert went down or something would have happened there, they Devon Achan could have came back in the game. So um hopefully he's 
cleared, you know, for this weekend. But again, um, it sounds like it's something to keep an eye on and it is week to week, but um, dude, just absolute, uh, heart uh, shot to the heart i would say i mean three plays into the game i mean that's um probably how jets fans feel though right <laughs>